Hello, welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. The reason we did a silly intro there is because is because this episode is about brilliant intros to songs, songs that have just remarkable intros that just instantly get you into the. Here, here's the song straight away. No messing, no messing, no lube, no, no foreplay. The intro straight is to the unmistakably. Fucking. This is the start of this Whopper song. We had initially decided to do. Best intro riffs or best riffs, which is usually the intro riff of yeah. the song, to be honest. And then we just thought this is a bigger scope here for intros. Also, should be noted that this is our longest playlist. It we is. have picked 12 songs each. Is it 12 each? 12 each we've picked. I must apologize for the noise also. We have um, a slightly different rig. I'm making loads of noise as I say that. You can hear uh, stools making. I'm going to throw my keys offside here. Hang on, ready? There yeah, you go. Good show. Um, we have a slightly different rig than we would normally have, and it's a little bit awkward. Why was squeaky? No, actually. Your chair, okay? Yeah. My chair, I've got the chair that's falling apart. Um, we're in a different position, a slightly different place than we would normally be uh, recording this podcast. But yeah, intros, I find intros to be interesting. I think a lot... Interesting. Intro resting. I think a lot of time, intros can be lost on a song. I think if the song doesn't keep the pressure up, well, yeah, like, w- there's a few times, there's a lot of songs that I was about to pick where, that could be a podcast on its own, songs that start so well but don't live up to the intro. Yeah. And that's dangerous. There's also, there was, like, I, I was going to put in um, Age of Pomperius by Turbo Negro, but the intro is, like, it's, like, three minutes long, and it's not really the intro. Also, no Turbo Negro fans are listening to us after what you said about them. True. You call them sex deviants. They are. Well, yeah, they are, but... <laughs> but that's, like, they're into that. That's but half so. the gimmick of being into Turbo Negro. Um, I, I I thought about putting Age of Pomperius in. I, I I think Age of Pomperius is their best song, and I think it's their best song because the intro was very very interesting, but it's not very good. It's only when the song starts that the song gets really good. So I kind of went out of my way to be ignorant about this. I wanted pure, unadulterated, no messing, fucking straight to the fucking intros here. It's what I chose. I don't yeah. know about you. Well, what I did was right. I picked songs with different instruments as the intro. So mm. instead of just... I, when I first drafted this list, it was all intro guitar riffs. Mm. Then I went, hang on a sec. There's more ways to introduce a song. True. So there's piano stuff in here. There's bass, synth. Yeah. And uh, I was going to go with some just vocal intros, but they don't really ever grab me that much. It's so. hard It's hard to get a good, a good yeah. vocal intro. It was uh, Melissa Elftemar's Follow the Waves. I had that. That's, that's just... Uh, actually, no. That's, that, that, that doesn't have... It is... No, that is just... Uh, yeah, a vocal intro before the guitar kicks in. Hmm. Uh, or else it's a bass played up very high, which would make sense for her. That had to get knocked because there was just other songs I wanted to put in there. Hmm. Right, let's get into it then. Yeah. Who's your first one? Uh, I, I do have the first one. My first one, I think, it m- might be the song of my adult age that made me interested in the concept of intros. I don't think I understood intros to songs. Before I heard this. This is a very new enough song for well, that to it's have a, This is 1999. So before then, you didn't know the concept of it. No, like I understood. You have to understand, okay? So it's 1999. I don't know what age I am. I'm, what age am I? 19? 18? I'm 18. I'm 18, okay? I've been listening to music for maybe 10 years. Maybe. If I'm lucky. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I was like mad into music when I was six. <laughs> like, I, I liked music, but I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. You know, um, this song came along and this changed everything for me. I, I believe, if I remember correctly, this could be the song that, that uh, ousted 
this idea of making this podcast. And this song is Gorilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine. Such a great intro. It's great just, song. It's a great song, but the intro is just... And if you remember correctly, when we talked about making this playlist on this podcast, it wasn't about best intros. It was about uh, if you were a boxer or a wrestler or a UFC fighter, yeah. what your intro music would be. To hype. Yeah. yeah well, it did start with hype. Yeah. But we, we widened the scope. When we, when we widened the fact that we're doing 12 songs each. Yeah. Uh, we also won't be hanging around on the songs. No, as we're banging, as banging through them here. Yeah, uh, but that was one where we went fuck that intro. Yeah, and we were like, Gorilla we were going to make just, we were going to make a short one of just outrageously powerful intros. Yeah, yeah. But then we we scoped it out. Yeah, we, we, we yeah, it, it took a few minutes of us talking about it to kind of come across. Let's just say, yeah, like what we consider to be the best intros. Now it can involve a, a riff. <laughs> it could involve a piano. Piece. Listen, there's most certainly going to be a volume two. T- through fucking 20 of these like yeah. you could do these forever like no, I did have to drop some great oh I had to drop some killers as well I had to even drop though some we had double the ones. amount we normally have yeah e- even adding in double uh, so I picked Gorilla Radio with Rage Against the Machine and it's off the Battle of Los Angeles from 1999 I think that this album might be their best album second best bar the first yeah because yeah. the second was a bit of a disappointment the second one I have a concept I have an idea I think the first one was perfect for the time much like Body Count's first album I think it was perfect for the time I think the second one was kind of shite they had left over for the first one and they were under pressure to make one but I think this third album I think The Battle of Los Angeles was the album they wanted to make from the get go I think this is the idea the concept of what Rage Against the Machine are supposed to sound like and um, what their ideas are yeah it was, I think it was, it was like it was more um, if, but, you take, if you take Rage Against Machines first album, the concepts in it are based on old. But they're kind of generic. The 60s. Yeah, they're, they're kind of generic. Yeah, this is more laser pointed towards cap- very much. capitalism and yeah, very much so. Yeah, I, I believe that this third album by Rage Against the Machine is the album that they wanted to put out as their first album. But uh, it was much more modern in terms of politics. Yeah, very much so. And recording, recording was this isn't a million miles away from the first one. Like it sounds kind of similar, mm. but I think this has. This has maybe 20% more hip-hop in it than metal. And I think that's what they wanted in the first place. Yeah. Um, the, the, the more I listen to it, the more it sounds like Tom Morello can use his guitar as like a scratchy turntable. An actual instrument, yeah. A scr- it's a turntable. Yeah. It's fucking unreal. Yeah, there's stuff in this album that doesn't make sense that anybody Brilliant. with just a stringed instrument can make. Uh, but my first one is Gorilla Radio, Rage Against Machine, off The Battle of Los Angeles from 1999. Who's your first one? Uh, it's Megadeth Holy Wars, God 1990. Almighty. That riff is insane. Like this, but this this is how we're, this is you can tell this is how we're, we were just talking about our list started off with face melter riffs. Yeah, but this riff is um, this is the first album with Marty and Nick. But this is Dave's riff. It's fucking all, outrageous. Nineteen ninety, Rust in Peace. Um, this riff, Jesus Christ! As soon as you hear it, you just get hyped up and yeah. you want to just kick walls. It's down. a long song as well, isn't it? It is. Well, all Megadeth songs. Are, yeah, so, some Megadeth songs are slightly too long. This. Is structured well enough. Like songs like six right, and a half minutes. Yeah. Does a, do you know what was going to go on this instead of that is Tornado of Souls, but Tornado of Souls doesn't. If it's too long. Yeah. And it has too many bits in it that drag. This is six minutes and a bit of of pure. None of it is wasted. Yeah. It's yeah. all. There's no messing in this. They got to hit the whole fruit on that. They drained it. They got one of those expensive juicers that gets <laughs> everything but the ruined. Yeah. And um, it's all juiced in. When you it. put this in, I was like, oh my God, what a fucking track. And I was thinking, I was like, would I... Did, you, w- did it hurt a little bit when I put that one? No, not necessarily. Cause ah, I, I, well, I love when I hurt I it. wasn't actually planning on this one. I was planning on, planning on uh, Hangar 18. 
was what I that was going to either be. of the two H's get in it was just a den, 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 den. the even, fact that Hangar 18 comes in real strong with the whole band was the one that made me and also I think Hangar 18 we have eight different solos in it you see Hangar 18 makes me headbang yeah but this makes me clench my jaw this makes you pay attention I'm just yeah it's painfully good it's, it's outrageous yeah. actually when it comes on there's a slight bit of pain with the pleasure of how good it is. And it changes. It like swaps so many times. It could be anything. Yeah, it could be literally four different songs being played at the same time. There's loads of little bits leading up to it before he loops back into it again. Yeah. Oh, he, he, do, he absolutely cock everybody with the song a couple of times yeah. before. And even the main riff, it's not really derivative of the intro riff. But that's what's weird about it. Like he he leans at it once or twice, and you're thinking, "Oh, here we go! Here we go! This is the bit we want." It's just more of a root note version of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, if you watch them play it live, they do prick tears this this for ages. I've only seen them once, and they were garbage. I saw them uh, once with Judas Priest. Yes, yeah, I've seen them. Terrible. Shy. Yeah, it wasn't their fault. I don't think. I think the sound was bogey because yeah. when Judas Priest came on, they sounded great. Apart from the fact that their songs aren't good. Not really for me. Yeah, I me don't too. really. I just I don't get you. There's one uh, Sol- Solar Wind, I think it's called. It's outrageous. So uh, yeah, and Megadeth didn't really react with the crowd at all. It's no. almost like he. And knew it was also that half empty. Like, there was nobody yeah. there. Nobody who there. was who was on before them? Exodus, wasn't it? Ex- no, tre- Testament. Testament. That's the one. Testament. Yeah, no, it was. It was. It was. Uh, like it was the first time the tree arena. I really saw a difference by giving the support band shit sound. Yeah, yeah, and it happens. We know. I saw it one. What's the deal with that? Yeah, I, it happens that, a lot. That's the that's the only time I ever seen Megadeth, and they were not good, and it bothered me to the point where I said to myself, "I don't think I'm going to bother going to see these guys anymore." Yeah, they were playing at Grass Pop, but I think Baroness were playing at the same time. Ah, and I mean, come on, forget it. Yeah, come on, I'm going to Baroness every time. Of course, you are. Uh, so yeah, listen, Holy Wars. That's 1990. That riff. I mean, you know it. If you don't know, I'll put on. You'll hear probably one of the top five riffs of all time. It's got to be a top five riffs of all time. Uh, who's your next one? My next one is uh, Cypress Hill. I ain't going out like that. Oh, it's, a, it's such a creepy intro. It's so good. It's brilliant. Um, over one of uh, any of the kind of singles and that type of shit. Now, I think this was a single. Um, this was a single, I believe. And um, is this not the first single off the no, album? No, 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 no. the uh, album, Insane in the Membrane was definitely the first single. Um, Black Sunday is the album. Oh right! For some reason, I thought this was on the second album. No, no, no. no. This is the second album. Black Sunday is the second Sorry, album. Sorry, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. There's, what's the one no, before? Every, every forgets yeah, about the fourth. Cypress Hill, Cypress Hill. Yeah, it's still it's good, the first though. the album that has uh, How We Could Just Kill a Man and all that. Yeah. It, and, and it's a different type of animal. And uh, that first album. It, it's good, but compared to uh, Black Sunday, Black no. Sunday is probably... I, I, it's, it's one of the most... Important. One of the it's ten one of the most important, important slash influential Jesus, albums of all yeah. time. And anybody who denies that is just absolutely wrong. Uh, you're talking about like any kind of horror related rap even up till now Toilet Creator will have well I don't know if he was into it but that set the pace of it's okay to be absolutely creepy and really almost doomy yeah, and gutty that, like, that DJ Muggs production that they had where it was very sample based and it was all kind of real lo-fi there, yeah. was, there was nothing like that at the time I remember if you're um, if you're of a similar age to me in your late 30s you will remember uh when things didn't hurt yeah yeah <laughs> most certainly you will remember things like uh the clothing so there was there was this weird situation where it was cypress hill versus house of pain both of those were really yeah, big at the same time yeah and you could get these uh you could buy these giant like baggy jeans that would have that have cypress hill logos on the back arse 
yeah. pocket, and you'd ha- or, or else you'd have a house of pain. Are you not just sending a load of farts through their logo? Pretty much, but like disrespectful. These jeans, um, you could buy t-shirts and tops and all this kind of shit. You're not just but the jeans in your nipple. They were mad money. <laughs> yeah, they were mad money. Uh, also, fucking uh, mad respect to fucking Jill who for Christmas got me some uh, nipple balm. <laughs> balm for my nipples. Um, so we are accepting Christmas presents now, apparently. For fuck, yeah. What, what's next? Fucking suppositories? Well, do you know what? You want to get me something for Christmas? Get me a fucking Patreon. Get oh, me, no, actually, there we go. Get, get me fucking $5 a month. Get me that. You know what? I ordered a few things for the Patreon as well. Uh, the ideas that we had, uh, a couple of them. I, I, I still, you need to get me to log in for the Patreon so we can yeah, see what the, fuck's happening, out this week. what the fuck is happening on that. Because uh, we do, so, some of those ideas, I'm... I've, des- I've decided what way it'll work. We should talk about it. No, we can't talk about it. No, no we can't talk about it. We're in a bit of a rush. That was, um, well, you're, no, so you're still talking about it. But yeah, uh, uh, I ain't going out like that. It's, it's, I think that might be the greatest Cypress Hill intro. The st- they had a song called Checkmate, which I think might be a better song, which is off. Uh, oh, listen, some of these aren't the best songs. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. the intro is very But cool. I think the intro to Checkmate might be better, but it's not as iconic. It's not quite as iconic. Um, but I, I ain't going out like that, even though it's not the number one lead single off the album, which is not really a problem. I think that's the be- best song on the album. Um, A to the K is amazing as well, but uh, I ain't going out like that. There's something about it. There's something. It's that sub bass. When you're DJing and you play it and you have a good sound system in the place you're DJing, there's something about it that just happens to people when they hear it. Yeah. There's something about that boom, 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 boom. It is. And then every now and again, you got that. Oh, brilliant. People lose their fucking mind because people don't understand. They're hearing the boom, 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 boom. And until they hear the. And then they go, oh, my fucking God, I remember this. Yeah, oh, my so God, I remember good. it. And then all of a sudden, the room, the room is fucking alive. It's alive. Whether they know who made the yeah. song or what the song is, they have heard that and in some way, shape or form. And that's a good point because as the, the two of us DJ a lot, and these are the songs that we know instantly, no-brainers for instantly getting the crew. Yeah. Especially they're good to play if, if you've, not if you've fucked up, if you've played a song that drags towards the, the second half of the song. Like for instance, a song that has an amazing intro, but not a great yeah. lifespan within itself. Yeah, would the be, body of it is would, not great. Would be uh, the cult She Sells Sanctuary. Yeah. Outrageously it's too good intro. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. So this is one where you, if you're losing people, you throw any of these songs on, bar yeah. some of my ones. <laughs> but uh, right, here's yeah. the next one. My next one is uh, Barracuda by Hart. Winner. Um, Winner. 1977. Chicken dinner. Just the intro could be genuinely sped up. You speed that up and that's a Metallica riff. Yeah. Because it has the palm muted. And then the harmonic and the scream. That's The song itself is 6 out of 10. But the intro is 10 out of 10. The intro is 10 out of 10. I'd give the song a little bit more. because Yeah, because the... The pre-choruses and all are... It's... Yeah. Like, I'm with you. It's a fucking Actually, bananas it's a, good it's song. It's really a chorus in that song. Barracuda. Then it it's not really a chorus. Oh, no, not really, no. It doesn't have um, a chorus. It has a, re- a repetition of the riff. That's uh, that's Roger Fisher, who was a founding member of Hart. And also, Jesus, I mean, the, the vocals in that. I'll go back. Hart obviously became a little bit more poppy. I don't mind that because I still love yeah. stuff like Bad Animals that uh, Alone is on. And uh, there's the girl. The real 80s, 80s stuff. But this is... This actually, Roger Fisher was still in the band around. He, well, he was, yeah. But he's a he's a really really good guitarist. And I mean, everyone knows the two girls from Heart. But give, give a little bit of respect to Roger. He's a good guitarist. And it, honestly, you speed that up. 
that's a metal riff. But that's also been one of those songs that feels like it's been around forever and everybody knows it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those classic, classic riffs. But, um, again, it, they're not the biggest band in the world, by far, but they had this one banger. They're f- it's, it's like Rocky Like a Hurricane or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's the thing about hard is, by the time they were releasing big songs in the 80s, they had put some serious work in, in the 70s in rock. Yeah. In classic rock. And even... That's like they have really kind of funky stuff like Magic Man and stuff like that. They they real coming out of the Woodstocky kind of era mm. a little bit after that, but just enough to maybe Roger and Heard are new of metal and coming up in with Black Sabbath. Maybe I don't know. I think people might be into this. Yeah, yeah. this is um, there's onto something here with a big yeah. bit of a chuggy distortion riff. But uh, listen, Barracuda by Heard. Everyone knows them for alone. They know them for um, loads. Of, Loads of songs from Heart, but this is one of their earliest examples of just. It's it's a little bit slow, so I always I always play it a little bit sped up, push it a bit, push yeah. it a little bit, and keep keep it in the same key, so or put keep it in the same pitch, and uh, you need to you need to get the crowd going. But uh, that's a metal riff, it you is, ask it me. It's a sad song. Uh, who's your next one? My next one is who have I got next? I've got a South of Heaven by Slayer. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. I obviously thought about doing Rain and Blood, but. Start a song sounds like a ritual. I don't think when when I thought back to Slayer songs, I thought about Rain and Blood, but Rain like I don't think the intro to Rain and Blood, like when it's grey, it, it misses the impact that South of Heaven has. South of Heaven, well, it has, it has two intros. It has well, it has an intro yeah. which isn't the riff. Yes, and it is brilliant. Yeah, and it does have, but it doesn't I, get straight to I, it. I sometimes used to play the full intro. In a club, just just to get just to get people knowing what was going, yeah. and it actually filled the floor before, oh yeah, before the riff even kicked in. The, the problem a lot of the time we found with playing Rain and Blood is that if you're going to do the full proper intro without cutting into the the feedback, um, you would only have thirty percent of the people that would understand what the fuck is coming next. Yeah, you could lose some people, and people would just go to the bar or whatever. Simple fuckers. Yeah, exactly. For for me, um, that's not fair, but it's true. My my <laughs> my favorite. <coughs> It's it, it's a weird one. My favorite Slayer song is Dead Skin Mask, but the intro is whatever. It's fine. It's but it's not. It's not this. Dead Skin Mask is a yeah. real song. But it's not this. Do you know what I mean? Like South of Heaven has that. It has that classic kind of thrashy metal feel where they start bringing in like acoustic and Spanish guitars to offset what is coming next. You know? Yeah. Like like Angel of Death has. It's great intro and blah blah blah, but it's it's too obvious. Yeah, there's something about South of Heaven that the minute you hear that, bang, 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 I love bang, the intro. It sounds kind of like a, honestly, it sounds like a, a creepy ritual. Yeah, it sounds like a, it sounds like a fucking Hammer horror. Yeah, movie. Yeah, in musical form, um, the song itself is fucking outrageous. Oh, there's nobody can say like I, I'm a Slayer fan, but I'm not one of these uber Slayer fans that thinks everything they ever release is amazing. I think you could fit the best of Slayer on one like, disc, Slay- and it's fine. <laughs> We, we we will do another podcast on fans. We can't do it for a while now because this will the we've one coming up soon that will involve yes fans. But Slayer fans get a quite a bad rap when honestly Metallica fans are worse. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And, well, Metallica and Pantera fans are, fa- uh, Pantera are probably the worst. The worst fans. Of no, you know what? They're not anymore. Well, Slayer. Oh, sorry, Tool. No, no, it's Tool. <laughs> Tool are famously have the worst fans. Um, yeah, possibly. But look, look listen. 
Slayer fans get that's a bad rap. That's from Yeah, that's Slayer fans get a bit of a bad rap. But Slayer, they have this famous like in this famous interview with that kid. Slayer, oh, painful, painful. But, uh, but yeah, it was. Um, but they are an unreal band, and they, despite some dodgy politics with Tom yeah, Ray towards the end. I don't know where they. He's a fucking born again Christian. I don't know. Well, there you go. That involves like, politics for me. Does it? Well, it will. And if you live in America, which yeah. he did, and his wife is mad, uh, I think Republican or something. Is she? Like that. And you know what? That's what happens when you get fucking old as well, yeah. though. Um, yeah, you want everyone else to fucking suffer. True. Uh, so, South of Heaven by Slayer, off the album South of Heaven. That what year was that? That was nineteen eighty-eight. Eighty-eight, yeah. Nineteen fucking eighty-eight. Um, that was my next one. Who's your next one? We're going back to eighty-three. This is possibly for me the greatest intro of all time, and it's a uh, Thriller by Michael Jackson. Powerful. Powerful. Like it has that. Obviously. It's not as long as the video version, mm. which is one of the, what, this, this thing that started MTV. Thriller really started MTV. So I had the little movie before. But if you were just, just listening to the album, Thriller, I think, is still possibly the most popular album of all time. I'm not 100% sure. It's up that. there, anyway. Yeah. It's kicking fucking Fleetwood Mac rumors arse, anyway. Um, Fuck that album. The start of this song, I mean, I don't need to explain it, but I will. It has that creepy horror theme. But when the synth and the bass... And everything kicks in with the nah, nah. It's unmistakable. Yeah, how do you even get that sound? Ask Quincy Jones, I guess. How do you get he's, that sound? He's, he's coming up on another podcast. Oh, is he? Yeah, he came up out of, out of nowhere. And um, what, what I found out about this, uh, when people talk about Thriller, I think half the time they talk about the video. And I talk about the, the video a lot because when I was a kid, that was a big deal. Jesus, um, yeah. What I did for you. Did it creep you a little bit at first? I got a little um, bit, a little bit creepy. A little bit. I'm gonna be honest with you. When I remember the thriller video, all I remember is the stupid bits when Michael Jackson walking around Silly. with the board. That's yeah. all I remember. I don't remember yeah. the rest of it. Like I do, obviously, but in my head, it's the bits of him just walking around. What I found out recently was a uh, Rick you did, Baker. You didn't like that girl at all. <laughs> not even that. Um, Rick Baker, who done uh, special effects. His most famous one would be uh, American Werewolf in yeah. in in, uh, in London. Um, he was hired to do all the special effects for Thriller, for the yeah, video. Yeah, right. The documentary I, is phenomenal. I never watched the documentary. I, I just, I actually, he was on, of all things, oh, the Joe Rogan podcast yeah. a while ago. Was he? Yeah, yeah, and he gave a, a fantastic fucking It must have been good for Joe Rogan to take a break from uh, pretend centrists. Yeah, yeah, and libertarians. Yeah, and, been, uh, uh, good for him to take a little break from them. And MMA. But he brought uh, MMA and, I'm God, I'm glad I'm white people. Yeah, exactly. There's loads of them on the Rogan podcast. Sorry, bro. Um, but he brought uh, Rick Baker on, and he was talking about how they had, like, I think, like a week to get that shit together. And they really wanted that American Werewolf in London yeah. feel of the video. But he was like, listen, can we make him, like, like wear cats? Because it's easier. We fuck all time. Yeah. But can we make them wear cats instead of werewolves? Yeah. And the directors were like, uh, I don't know. And he showed them the gear. And they were like, all right, that looks close enough. It's a weird animal, it'll do. I mean, I feel like it was going to go on MTV no matter what, but it probably made that transition to MTV a little bit better that it wasn't as grotesque as uh, uh, American Werewolf. That would have been a little bit much for people. Apparently, like, even when they were, we're talking watersheds now, oh, yeah, I would have had to push that one But a at the time, later. they were still pulling, like, um, they were still pulling, like, latex masks out of the hole while they were recording. Well, like, it yeah. was all done, all yeah. the fly. Like, he had days. And they had all these masks kind of pre-made for some of his crew. Like, they weren't dancers, they weren't yeah. anything. And they were, like, trying to, like, make them fit onto um, MJ's dancers. Because this is surely, like, obviously, Off the Wall was huge. But the departure from Off the Wall to Thriller, I've never seen. 
Now, I know it's not Michael Jackson's second album, yeah. but it is his second yes. album. Jesus fucking Christ. The departure has gone right. That funk thing is dead. Yeah. I know I know disco and all that. It's For me, it's dead. It's rock now. Yeah. We're talking your second album. You've got Van Halen on it. Stop. The, the, listen, that, that, that song, Thriller, changed everything. And it changed everything overnight. Uh, literally overnight. Yeah. Like, I remember... Like even like it's here, the birth of the music video and birth of MTV. Oh yeah, I mean, there was music videos before it, but not like there was. Aimed. Of course, there was, but this not is the aimed. first one that people kind of went. Uh, it's got to be the first, possibly the first black person on MTV. No, was it? But it was cinematic. Is he the first black person? No. Who was? No, I don't know, but it wasn't him. Are you I sure? put money on it. Yeah. Hang on. Eighty-three. No no. When did MTV start? Eighty-one. No, and they didn't put Super Freak on. Uh, yeah, but that was because he's a scumbag. They didn't know that. They, everybody knew that, you mad? <laughs> everybody knew that. No, there was, there was absolutely fucking black people on MTV before this video. I, I think the key to this video mm. is this was this had so much money put into it and it had names attached to it that had been selling tickets in cinemas. I, no, absolutely. I'm going to check this if, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong. We'll, go, we'll get back to it, but who is your next one? Uh, my next one is one of my favourite songs of all time. And this is the one of the intros. Sorry, I'll stop you there. It's Billy Jane. So yeah, it is him. Billy Jane. Yeah, but it's not Thriller. No, so <laughs> we were about right. Fuck off! It's Michael Jackson. We were about right. We were about right. Oh, stop! Ah, we were about right. It's, of course, it's Billy Jane, not fucking Thriller. But it's, yeah, I knew he was the first accepted. You was know. he black though? The, enough. He was white enough to get onto MTV, basically. <laughs> I mean, then probably just you know he 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 whatever pills he was taking hit the right ratio for MTV pills, to let him on. Yeah, yeah. the well, I think pills. it was. I think it was. Apparently, it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, go on anyway. Yeah, we're going um, to your song. You're your favorite. Well, your one of your probably favorites. my favorite intro of all time. Right. Well, that was my one. So this is your one. Uh, Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Oh, it's great. It's lads, lads. Listen, you have your headphones on at home, okay? You're already you're listening to the last hour podcast. You're having a little bit of crack listening to me and me and Helmet talking absolute nonsense about music. It's fun, you know, but at the same time, like in real life, this song is waiting there for you to press play on. And not only that, you don't even have to go looking for it. Like there's a link you can click that you clicked on to listen to this podcast. There's a link there, one fucking like paragraph below where you get to listen to all these songs. But not only do you get to listen to all these songs. You get to listen to Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. You get to listen to that intro. You get to listen Brilliant. to that. And there's very little in life like <laughs> Tiger style. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing like it. There's, there was nothing like Wu-Tang when Wu-Tang hit. Um, there's still to this day, there's nothing like that first Wu-Tang Clan album. It still hasn't been, it hasn't been done. It hasn't been ran into the ground like trash metal or kind of pop rock or fucking indie or rock and roll it hasn't been running around because nobody were they the first ones to start using movie samples not really no but they would have been one of the first to reasonably popularise it especially they're definitely the first to start using Kung Fu 100% there's no one else that is their thing that's their gimmick what's interesting about Wu-Tang is that they are linked to our first entry on this podcast with uh Rage Against the Machine. They only really got very popular when they went on tour with Rage Against the Machine. Um, they were very popular with black folks in America off the first album. Black folks. Black folks. That's a weird thing to say. And um, <laughs> they say it themselves. You watch uh, Of Mikes and Men, it's a four part documentary. They say it themselves. Um, they were very, very popular with uh, black folks in America. 
who were going to um, hip hop clubs and all this kind of malarkey. Yeah. But it was they they made an absolute one hundred percent guaranteed decision when they were offered the Rage Against the Machine tour. They said we have to do it, lads. We fucking have to do it. Yeah. Like, um, that's good for everybody. That's nineteen ninety three. Um, off the album uh, Enter the Wu Tang, the thirty six chambers. Um, they never quite hit that album again. Well, it's no, they didn't. They, no, they absolutely <laughs> they, they never got near it. They had moments in their previous albums, but you'll find that with you'll find almost every lot of artists in general, it's okay for to never hit the fourth album because how long do you you've got 15, 10, 10, 15 years to write your fourth album? You have 10, 15 months to write your second. That's usually and you have to write it in the back of a bus. Exactly. Yeah, it's very difficult. But what I always I always try to explain to people about groups like Wu Tang Clan. Wu Tang Clan are quite possibly the most like metal of all hip hop groups. Would you not say Cypress Hill? No. Cypress Hill had time and they were in their own kind of jurisdiction doing it. And you're you're dealing with a three slash four piece four piece with Cypress Hill. Um, Wu Tang Clan was at least ten members at at any given time. And the whole idea was it was to be a collective Wu-Tang Clan kind of broke the mould when it came to record deals. So they decided Imagine that they... Imagine having to get them into to, to, to pen a recording deal. Yeah. Well, they, they probably at least battled at least two <laughs> temps. Well, the, the whole the whole idea with Wu-Tang was that they were... Wu-Tang Clan was almost of necessity. Yeah. That they all knew that they were good enough to have their own solo careers. And that was always the idea. How many were in the band at Ten. that stage? You know what? They're not all going to get on. They, they well, did, but like what I'm saying yeah, is, they, they there's, gonna be, there's gonna be times where you're like, like you said, they knew they were, could have solo careers. And if there's, you couldn't be around, you, 10 people can't be around each other. Well, here, here's what's interesting about Wu Tang, right? You've got Riza, Jizza, and ODB, okay? Yeah. They were all relatives. They were all cousins, okay? So there's your, there's your power, your, your trifecta of power to begin with. Yeah. Now, every single person in Wu Tang knew that the one that was going to break out was going to be Method Man. Okay? Method Man was the guy that they were pushing. Wu-Tang Clan wasn't, wasn't too far off being like a project to make Method Man famous. Right? And they were all like behind that. Yeah, 100%. This is where the record label deal came in. Nobody had ever, nobody had ever signed a deal like Wu-Tang Clan in that Wu-Tang Clan had one record label, but every single individual member of Wu-Tang Clan had a separate Right. Deal. So the the label that signed Wu Tang allowed them to sign separate deals individually, which is mad weird. Nobody would ever allow that. But they allowed it. Because once they heard that first Wu Tang demo, yeah. they went, We never heard anything like this before. And what's the timeline difference between this and Illmatic? Ninety three to ninety two. Within three years. Let's call it three years. Nas first? No. I oh, think no. um would have been probably mob deep first in terms of that gritty shit. But um, Nas already had... This is when they were just snapping up this kind of music, though. Yeah. Record labels wanted yeah, that, it. So, yeah. Here's what you had. You had your um, West Coast stuff in the late 80s. And late 80s to very early 90s, which are chronic Dr. Dre, G-Funk era stuff. And the East Coast hadn't answered yet. And this is part of the East Coast yeah. answer to that. So instead of going with down that G Funk fucking uh Beach Boys woo kind of nonsense, New York and the like just turned around and said, Let's make it as grim. Well that's as what we've fuck. we've said that a million times in the podcast. The difference between West Coast 
an East Coast is the look and feel of the places that it's from. Of course it is. You've got a sunny beach-ridden place yeah. and a place where cunts are getting shot and you have to eat fucking pizza slices for 50 cents every day. Rats everywhere. Yeah, exactly. You can't really see the sky because there's so many buildings. Yeah, exactly. And it's grim and it's Alleyways. Smoke-filled alleyways. Yeah. Batman. St- sorry, steam-filled alleyways. Yeah. Batman versus Barbie. Yeah. That's what All you can about. see around you is those long stairs that go up the side of buildings. Exactly. And you know what? Both of them are unreal. Yeah, brilliant. Unreal. Brilliant. But yeah, listen... Fucking uh, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with off the first Wu-Tang album Enter the Wu-Tang yeah. it's one of my favourite intros of all time there's something about it when I hear the hit whether it be me DJing or somebody else de- uh, presses playing it yeah. I lose my fucking marbles yeah, it is delicious it's, it just I can't I can't help it <laughs> I, every word every word I can do and there's, there's about four albums in the in the entire world that I can do every lyric from every song I find this it awkward when people start proving that to me and about two minutes in I'm like please stop yeah please uh, I, it's I agree, okay to like, say it's okay to say or if it's on you sing it with it but you know if someone goes oh I can sing the lyrics to S, but it's not playing I'm looking at you and, and they do it and you're like no I would never say that do it yeah. but they start doing it and about a minute and you're like this is awkward stop doing that because yeah, yeah. you're looking you're directly at me now you're look, directly yeah. looking at me while you're singing yeah. this yeah. and I didn't ask for this 10 performance. seconds later I'm like I didn't yeah, okay, ask I didn't I ask for it. this performance it. it's making me feel uncomfortable yeah. Yeah. I would have bought tickets for we would hang at some stage like, not you. I used to know this guy who uh, wrote his own raps oh, no. I remember I was walking down the road with him and he started going Can I, I've got like my own raps written I was like alright you're singing in a rock band now or I think at some stage but he was uh, goes can I sing it to you and I went yeah, yeah not now obviously but yeah just start riffing it off while we were walking, and I felt like just walk, I kept walking faster to get away yeah, from just it. Just get away, man. I think I walked. I'll leave you here on this road. I think I walked from Dame Street to probably Parnell Street, and he was only finished by then. And I was like, this is the worst. The long- well, first of all, it's the worst, and second of all, it's the longest rap song of all time. It's just. Leave me alone. Right, hit me with your next one. Give me a. Next one is Ain't Talking About Love by Van Halen. Oh, me dick. Me dick. <laughs> this intro. Me dick. The intro of this. Do you know what this sounds like? This sounds like a musical interpretation of a Transformer Transformer. Give me your face. The tone. The I'm pretty itself. sure this is what it sounded like when I was conceived. You wish that's what it sounded like. It absolutely wasn't. It was probably the base of rollers or something. Yeah. Squelch, squelch, squelch. Cabra, squelch, cabra. No, disgusting. Oh my but God, doctor, look at this. We've never seen anything yeah. this size before. This is, this <laughs> song, this fucking song. It's a beautiful intro. First of all, the song is amazing. The yeah. intro to the song, get the fuck out of here. Get the this is one of the ones that doesn't cut it for me throughout the whole song. Really? It's like, well, you know the breakdown? The where it goes a bit slower. That for me could be better. It's, it's grand. I, you know, it, it, just, it doesn't capture the start of it. Listen, it doesn't matter because the start of it is Transformers guitar. It's absolute Transformers. There was a great, there was a great interview with uh, Diamond Day of talking about Sammy, Sammy Hager. And uh, he was, he was talking about the difference between his Van Halen and Sammy Hagar's Van Halen. And he said, listen, all that Sammy Hagar stuff, you know, he's like talking about being, you know, being with women and, you know, uh, doing right by them and, you know, you know, having the best time. And he just kind of turns around and looks at the camera and he goes, you know, Sammy Hagar was talking about love. And he kind of looks at the camera and goes, I ain't talking about love. <laughs> and I went, oh, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, yes. So this is for from, you forever. This is from the 78 album Van Halen. And it's uh, outrageous. You can't. I like a lot of uh, Van Halen songs. I'm not a big Van Halen fan, I'll be honest with you. Force 4. But 
and it's weird for me to, I, w- I couldn't figure out a pl- playlist where I would ever put Van Halen forward for except this one best intros ain't talking about love it's also didn't Apollo 440 someone like that uh, use it it was sampled in a, in I believe a, it Apollo 440 are fucking an amazing little group but they were scumbags for and stuff well no it was sampled it was fair enough sampled if you, uh, if you get the rights to it yeah there will be also a podcast on people that didn't get the rights to steal other people's songs that's a big thing. It's going to be coming. Listen, what else can be said about this? Listen to the first few seconds. That's the best thing. It is. About the song. It Ain't is It is still a great love. song. Oof. It's so good. Actually, who else used it? Ain't talking about love. Is it not uh, Apollo 408 State or one of those? Not Public okay. Enemy. Fucking um, uh, Public Image. Might you use that in the song as well? Uh, public Image Limited? Yeah. Pill. Fucking might you use it in a later day. Jesus, it must be one of their four good songs, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Sorry. so. I do. I don't. They're grand. Pillar grand. Um, I think this was used. I'm almost sure it's a Apollo 440. I, I think that rings a bell. Ain't talking about love. Just the, just the actual, the vocal line. Ain't talking about dub. It's the name dub. of the song. Yes. And dub. it is. Uh, yeah. It's Apollo 440. Yeah. yeah I knew it. And uh, that's. I had heard that. A, a few times growing up but that was the first time it was exposed to me Apollo 440's one and then they're coming up on another podcast are they? yep Genie Mac yep. so then I went back and I went oh yeah that's a much better song than Van Halen yep. one so yeah so uh, Van Halen talk about love 78 what's your next one? my next one is uh, Anti Up by M.O.P <sighs> this gets people's blood pumping I tell you right I have a thing about this song we all have a thing about this song we do yeah I have a thing I believe that this could be the generational gap song for all of humanity. So, if I'm DJing, it's very interesting. Sometimes I'll play this song and nobody has a fucking clue what's going on. Right. And it's real painful because the whole song is just that riff over and over again, right? And if they don't hit off that first bang of that riff, then you've got like three and a half, four minutes of just waste of time. You mean like an empty dance floor? Yeah. Well, the thing about it is, I've noticed with younger people, their attention spans are shocking. But what, you're, you're dead right there, but like what I don't understand is that this this is one of the greats. This is absolutely one of the, that's the way it's on this podcast. This is one of the greats, right? <sighs> In terms of like the way this intro hits, like there's very little like it. And it's it's unusual for hip hop to have these Big horns as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's unusual for hip hop to it have gives that big hip-hop. horns as well. It does give. The it big delivers horn. them and and it creates, sustains them. It, it yeah, creates and sustains big but what, horns. What's interesting about this song is that, like, if you know this song and you hear a hit, like you said, you get the horn, the nipples get erect. One, you, one of yours does. Your do the one, one, do yeah. one just sheds a new like one snake just skin. Stays there, does nothing. <laughs> but like. It will, it will do the business or it absolutely won't. It won't have, it won't have a, a 50-50 effect. That's what's interesting. There's some songs that people have never heard before and they hear it and they're willing to get invested in it. This is not one of them. This is what I always found interesting. Every, I would say 80% of the gigs I've DJed in the last six years, I've played this song. And I would say half of the time, it's landed. I've got songs like that as well. It's you can't you can't put it down to age, gender. It doesn't race, make any race. sense. It doesn't matter anything. But, does, but that's but what I'm saying is like you could play it to what looks like the same crowd next week, not older, younger, 
male, female. It's so fucking weird. Everybody in between. You know what's weird? It doesn't matter. This, it's this just, song. Yeah, like, there's songs like that that just, whoa, that worked so well last night. And now it's uh, dropped. It's doing nothing now. So no, um, there's lots of songs like one that. One of the weird things about this song, this song was actually sampled for John Cena, the wrestlers, his entrance music. Wow. He uses a big sample from this song in his entrance music. Um, the time is now. I was tapped out of uh, wrestling by the time he came into it. I, I don't see any. I don't see anything to do with John Cena that would make me watch him as a wrestler. No, no. Sorry, like I get it. He's cool looking. He, he's very funny and cool guy. But I remember thinking as I was getting older, watching back wrestling, going, "Is he the new? Like, is that the new Rock? Like what? Him? Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah what? Yeah. What? And he's kind of on his way out now. What is it? his? Uh, what? What was? What was his? Gimmick. What was his? Yeah, he, he started off different than how he ended. He he he, uh, he had kind of three incarnations in this period. Yeah, yeah. I just never got the. I, I, for me, wrestling needed gimmicks. Now, eventually, you're going to run out of them. And also, just being a great wrestler and a great fucking Mike fucking man is is important. I never got the thing with Cena. I was looking at him. Well, I, I wouldn't need to watch. Uh, yeah, it. I, I'll be honest I need with to you, watch he it. was never. He was never my bad guy either. But I, I did. He put an album nice guy. Is about being sound. Is that his? Yeah, thing? kind of. Yeah, and wearing a lot of uh, like looks like he dressed for a UV glow party. A little bit. Yeah. yeah he um he put an album out years ago, and uh, he had a song with a guy called Bumpy Knuckles, which is actually pretty decent for like kind of a poppy hip hop song. But yeah, for his theme song for WWE, he samples Anti Up, which is obviously sampled, and I can't. I wrote it down and I couldn't scribbled it out because I couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> um, but where the samples came from from this song. But uh, Anti Up by MOP is off the album Warriors. Man, it up. Yeah, it's it's outrageous from the year two thousand. So we're we're creeping up towards maybe when you were born if you're listening to this. Who's your next one? <laughs> My next one is Cornflake Girl oh. by uh, Tori Amos oh. from ninety four. This is one of those songs when the intro kicks in, I get a little shiver. Yeah, in my spine of like how fucking what is to come because this is one of the things where the intro is good but the rest of the song is actually better yeah but still the intro is that good so it starts off with that fast strummed guitar <laughs> up high <laughs> and then you get just that one bass line boom, 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 boom. and then her piano the comes piano. in and that piano riff yeah. is yeah. incredible I, I, get, I wouldn't even ever attempt I play a bit of piano but I wouldn't ever even attempt to play I get grief off people every now and again because um I'd be talking about, I'd be talking about music that I would not necessarily play while I'm DJing, but maybe I would listen to when I'm at home or I get a little, get a little bit nostalgic about the 90s. And I will always talk about Tori Amos and I'll always talk about stuff like that first Fiona Apple album. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't, those, I wouldn't be mad into Fiona Apple. That, now, that first album is very, very similar to the Tori stuff. Yeah. That, that's the way I like it. Um, but I'll, I'll often talk about that record. Um, about about uh, uh, under the pink, uh, an awful lot. Um, about Cornflake Girl in particular and Crucified. Like there's so, there's yeah. so many great fucking Tori Amos songs, and I'll talk about it. And they're like Tori Amos, you for real? And I'll have to put it on. Yeah. And after like forty five seconds, you'll see them go like, "Oh fuck, I forgot that's really but really she's good." Classically trained, playing writing songs since she was like writing compositions since yeah. she was like five. So, she's also in a band with Matt Sorum from Guns N' Roses. Yeah, here's a before they were famous thing. Uh, kicked, she was kicked out of. Uh, she was kicked out of uh, that classically trained skill. Really, for being musically insubordinate. Really, yeah. Well, she's a mad joke. Brilliant mad joke. Taught Jesus on Christ, that conflict girl. You, you hear it right now in your head and go, "Oh, yeah. so That's my second. Uh, so good. That's my second female artist. Have you got any female artists? In this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I fucking think... burn you there in front of everyone. Do we? Um, 
I don't think I do Shock actually. Shocking. Yeah, I don't think I have any female artists. Not only am I keeping up other uh, music styles. Well, you are keeping up different music styles. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any females on this, list, on this list in particular, I know. I don't. Terrible. Right. Terrible. <laughs> right, you look like you don't give a fuck. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your next one? Uh, waiting Room by Fugazi. Well, they're not women. They're definitely not women, <laughs> no. Uh, baldy men. Uh, waiting room. <laughs> I love that I tried to hang you there. Didn't give a just whatever. I don't, I don't, don't care. Yeah, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's more. Uh, the, yeah, I'm more of an alloy by not giving a fuck about it than I am by making a big deal out of it. Well, uh, yeah, like the only reason <laughs> is you said it the last time. You remember we had <coughs> insufferable bastards podcast. And we had no women on it. That's a good thing, surely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> Fucking hang the lads. Hanging lads. We hang so many lads yeah, in this for podcast. Real. We, we, yeah, we've hang we've hanged like ninety nine fucking percent more <laughs> lads than fucking mutts. Um, yeah, waiting room by Fugazi. This is off a compilation called Thirteen Songs, which is the first two EPs. It's not that this song is not on an album, which is weird because it's the most famous song. Yeah, uh, this came out in. Oh yeah, you know, for years I thought Thirteen Songs was just an album. So did I. So did I. But it's Th- definitely yeah, not. This song is. Th- Bass intro, we're talking about one of our first yeah. bass intros that we're talking yeah. about here tonight. It's, it's sensual. It's fucking sensual. Yeah, it's outrageous. Um, so yeah, this compilation came out in 19, uh, fucking hell. Okay, so this compilation, 13 songs, came out in 1989, but the EP that this song was on came out in 1988, right? Um, so what they done was they took an 88 EP and an 89 EP and they just comboed it to make a yeah. weird little compilation. And it's called 13 Songs. Uh, this is by far and away the most famous Fugazi song. Oh, um, but like, I, I, I'm not a big Fugazi fan, so I could probably name another two. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, maybe their second one is probably like Bulldog Front, which would have been of a similar mm. era as well. Bulldog Front's a great little song, but compared to Waiting Room, wait, I think Waiting Room, sorry, I'm belching them. It's been a hard day. He's full of gargle. I'm not even full of gargle, I'm just full of fucking everything. Um, it's been. I'm, I'm out slightly sick. We're um, we about. We. I. I don't know if you've noticed this. Go back and listen to the podcast from a month ago. You can hear us talk properly. The two of us have been yeah. sniveling for about a month now. Yeah, I've got. And I've got this fucking weird head cold. It's kind of. It's slight. Maybe hopefully on the way out, but it sounds like everything's kind of underwater when I hear people. I feel like I'm swimming to stay above water with sickness before Christmas. Yeah. And eventually it's going to crack. How, uh, probably better. on Christmas Day, my buddy's going to go, oh yeah, you're off. Ho, 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 you're yeah. fucked. Yeah. Be happy you cunt, yeah. you're off. Um, I feel like I just came down a chimney and all the soot is up my nose. Do you ever come down a chimney? Do you ever go up on the roof and just jib down? Come down? No, I don't think so. Like no. Santa? No, I don't think there so. There was a thing today, I brought me a bottle of slap and talking about uh, Santa in movies. And they're like, you know, so you see, get to see Santa, you know, going down somebody's chimney and like delivering the presents and all this type of shit. And then he gets in the rain there and he fucks, like, he fucks up and he flies like 20 kilometers to the next house instead of going next door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to do a lap. What the fuck? Like, just go next door, you stupid prick. I mean, I'm starting to have doubts about Santa <coughs> after you said that. Me personally. I remember, I, I actually remember the conversation my father had, had with me uh, about d- uh, Santa not you, being real. Yeah, because, yeah. No, because I found the Super Nintendo. If anyone's listening to my kids, first of all, what the fuck? What are you fuck? doing? Get Second of all, yeah, yeah. Tor- torn this no, off I found, I found the Super Nintendo with uh, the, the Street Fighter 2 Super Nintendo. I found it. I found presents, and I was like, yeah. well, I if, found it. if they're the presents that I asked for what the Santa, get me? and I went into school, and I remember telling my friends, and there was one kid going, yeah, you dope, he doesn't exist. I'm like, oh no, I, no, I, he does I, though, I, me mad. Did you me. ever try and convince someone that you knew 
what they were saying while about to cry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I knew that. Or, I knew that already. That's but no, what I'm saying is, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I meant was, like, what? Why? <laughs> that's the point where you realise you're an adult. Yeah. When you realise there's no Santa. 100%. Right. I was trying to figure out the other day, we've a lot of, we t- touch on a lot of grunge in this. Grunge is supposed to be the, the difficult teen years. Hmm. And I was trying to figure out, there's probably books, people probably already know why. Why are people cranky around that time? And I think they realised that they realised then that you are an actual proper adult and you are not the shining light of the family. Maybe you still are, but you are not this thing that everybody bows down to anymore. Yeah. Like you're just, like you're, you're being thrown to the back like, of the car, especially if there's a new kid on the way. You're I remember, I, I, can, I can pinpoint it. Really? I can pinpoint it to the point where I bought, of my own money, I'd saved it up. And I bought this black and red stripy jumper, like the Freddy Krueger jumper. I bought. Dennis the Menace? Yeah. Sid I bought Vicious. it in uh, Asha. Yeah. In Stephen's Green Shopping Centre. Shout out and to it Asha. And it was about fucking six times too big for me. And there's Christmas photos with me. And everybody's done up in all that Christmas clobber. And there's me wearing this giant, like, like the sleeves are like yeah. a fucking elbow too long. Hanging off me, and Cork I've got the hairs all hanging. Yeah. It's full Corcoran malarkey. It's all hanging off me. There's photos of me wearing it. That's oh what I realized. Oh God, Patreon! Now, I also, Dude, that's a Patreon there, lads. Get, put it up in Patreon. Find the photo. Oh, yeah, I'll find that's it. if you. That's gonna rake in the patrons. <laughs> I also remember. I remember the moment where I decided, like, I'm not letting me mad dress me anymore. Oh, right, it was yeah. there with a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle T-shirt in Dunn Stars, and they had the real ones. That look like the proper Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirts, yeah. right? Real full colour, the whole bang, and I think they were maybe seven pound. These or, t-shirts. Or did you get the one that cut and the other had, nipple? <laughs> they had the full gammy ones, right? Where it was like one colour. Every fucking Ninja Turtle was like just flat green. Yeah, no colours, no nothing, and they were three pound. And I remember being mad in the Ninja Turtles. And my ma, I was so into them. Yeah, so was crazy. Yeah, and my ma was like, "Oh, I get you this t-shirt for like three pound," and I'm like, "Ma, I'll stop you right there." I need that real one. No. And my mouth's like, they're my, like eight quid. Yeah. My nipples are that. fucked from that Guns N' Roses. I don't one. think I really knew what nipples were at that stage. Um, yeah. How do you think you got fed? Oh, I don't remember getting fed. Uh, who is your next? It's uh, Tom Sawyer by Rush. Fucking oh, absolutely. super. Just, a lot of people don't like Rush. They're very, very, very important. I don't even really, I'm not a big Rush fan because it's sometimes Prague can be too fucking, there's also too much of it. There's too much pro- there's too much too much going on in the albums, too many albums, too prolific, too much shit that drags out, too many concepts that don't always land. That's how I feel about prog. Yeah. But this song, let's just take this song, Rush Tom Sawyer, uh, 1976. Well, this is one of the great great intros as well. Like if it's, you ask if It's a painfully powerful I intro. I told somebody a couple of days ago we were doing a podcast about uh intros and they said like Tom Sawyer, yeah. That was the first thing that came to yeah. Came to mind was Tom Well, Sawyer. I pride myself on being so correct on everything I pick for every one of these podcasts that year. So this is from the uh, 2112 album. Just, it starts with that wow synth yeah. and then the vocal, modern day warrior, mean. Then the, the kicks in, everything kicks in and yeah. it's just delicious. Yeah, it's, it's Listen to that intro. This is another one of the songs that I do feel kills it towards the, it kills it great, kills it, constantly stays on point, matches the intro for the whole song. It's not too long. has a few wanky bits in it, the way Yes would as well, yeah. or any prog band. Um, prog is basically old lads who can play their instruments better than punk yes. bands. 
Yeah, people, people whose instrumentation surpassed the fucking yeah, topic. And that can, like, if you were, for instance, Dream Theater pissed me off because I don't find songs in there, really. Mm. I don't. But something about Rush knew how to keep that line. And same with Yes of songs. They knew, to, especially when they hit the 80s, they had to all buckle up with songs. Yeah. 70s, hit you it. get away with mad shit. Yeah. Then you go to the 90s when people aren't listening to you that much, you can do whatever the fuck but you want. But 80s, 80s, hit it. Yeah. 80s, you got people are making mental money, making mm. mental videos. They want some of that money. going to narrow it down. That's why Tom Sawyer, although that was 76, so that's probably a bad example of that. But listen, if you don't know this song, listen to it. It's absolutely genius Rush. It's my favourite Rush song. It is, yeah. Uh, I only like about, honestly, about 10 Rush songs, Working Man. And, and that's one uh, of them, yeah. Spirit of Radio and stuff like that. But listen, Tom Sawyer Rush, who's your next one? Uh, the logical song. Oh, so I had this on with my. Super Trump, I yeah. had this on you my. Had this, uh, yeah. On my list. This is one of those uh, kind of evergreen songs. It could be fucking the year three thousand sixteen and ten. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what year it is. You bang the logical song on. It it, it hits on every single fucking note. It hits on every single note. Um, this came out in nineteen seventy six. Um, this was actually covered by Scooter in two thousand and one. That's right. Mm-hmm. But he, he put the pitch up on the thing. Of I course used to be, he did. I, I used to be mad into 90s dance. Yeah. We, we will talk about that on yeah. other podcasts. But um, this is the one Skirt song I didn't really like because I knew of this song and I preferred this. And once you hear this song, you listen to the Skirt one, it sounds ridiculous. The, the, this entire album, the album's called Breakfast in America. The whole album is fucking Great fantastic. Great album cover. Yeah. They have, um, if you like Supertramp, what I always tell people is that don't go really digging around in the past history, but go onto YouTube or try and order the DVD on Amazon. I think it's 1979 live in Paris. They do. And it's... I'm not, I'm not a big live guy. But I'll tell you this. Supertramp live in Paris. I think it's 1979. Yeah. Maybe 1978. Um, 1979 sounds right to me. But go looking on YouTube for Supertramp live in Paris, 1979. Holy fucking shit. You, you will not understand the concept of this band until you see every single member in this band playing every single instrument known to man like they swap they're jumping around they're running around having the best used, time uh, when I was it, the, the phase we talked about earlier the moody phase when I saw our lad bands doing that I was like dickhead stuck shit yeah. but that must be a fuckload of fun it's moving around instruments on yeah, stage yeah. maybe I'm getting old man but it's, I think that's killing it it's, it's so good but yeah the, the, the logical song by Supertramp off Breakfast in America the one I put up is a remastered version from 2010 it's, it doesn't sound that much better than the OG one but it's, it maybe sounds a little bit better on your phone or on your laptop so yeah. give, give that a spin um, who's your next one the next one is Hobo Humpin' Slobo Babe by Whale from 93 what album is this off I don't fucking know. The fucking name of the album? The one that that fella wrote that we were talking about before on we the other care. podcast. We care. Um, this is the song that starts with just pure shouty aggression. <laughs> pure MTV song. This gets. This is one of those songs that lands well sometimes, sometimes not other. Well, no, it usually lands for Depends well. on the people. It does, yeah. It play In the this, room. Play this to an older crowd, it just gets people going. It, has, <laughs> it instantly comes in with her. It's not an amazing singer, but uh, this kind of cutesy kind of schoolgirly things she had on with the vocals and then like a red hot chili pepper style bass line going through the whole thing and then the build back up to the same thing the chorus is the intro you know what I mean repeat it people love it it's great do they like it do it again <laughs> make more 
not much else to say about Whale really to yeah, be honest it's with you great, it's a great fucking, song it's, it's a, a phenomenal a, that's intro. one of the proper full on early 90s MTV anthems yeah. as far as I'm concerned yeah so uh, I listen we'll move on what's your next one uh, Les Rhythms Digitales Hey You What's That Sound yeah it's great I, this album is one of my peak albums of all time the album's called Dark Dancer um, when did this fucking come out this is 1999 it's later it's uh, I, I find it hard to describe how good this album is you don't necessarily have to be into electronic music to appreciate this album there's something it's a for lot of fun. everyone it's, it's so also a little fun. more t- well thought out and layered than your average electronic yeah, album yeah 100% it's an album it's, it's, an not, album. it's not a single with shit built around it, it which, is is, one, yeah. which is so many uh, electronic albums. And there's also, there's not an awful lot of Les Rhythms digitalist stuff. There's, a, I think, maybe an album. It's one lad, isn't it? It's one guy, um, English guy, pretending to be French, um, who got hired by Why Madonna. Why want to do that? It, it was just a gimmick. He got yeah. hired by Madonna. In the height of this album, Dark Dancer, he got hired by, hired by Madonna to kind of be the the main producer for a, a lot of her Maverick Records stuff. So he is involved, I don't know whether he still is to this day, but he was involved in an awful lot of stuff for for like the big, big, big pop scene that Madonna yeah. was involved in. Um, this album, Dark Dancer. He produces all the stuff as well, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was just him. It sounds great. It was just him. He had guests. Yeah. One of his most famous songs was a song called Sometimes with Nick Kershaw. It's a brilliant song. A, it's incredible. Incredible. Is that on the album? Yeah, it's that's great on Dark song. Dancer. Yeah, but this song, there's something about that. Like you'll hear, you'll hear songs by Les Rhythms Digitalis that were used by like Sonny Delight, that the, the shitty orange drink. Um, it was great then. They try it now, you're like, Ugh. yeah, disgusting, slimy, what is shite. That? I don't know what it is. Um, this entire album is one of my only. I have very few of them, but this is one of my only ten out of ten albums. And the intro to this song is just... It's fucking perfect. It's fucking perfect. And I find it hard to go past this. Um, yeah. Have a listen to the song. If this song is a little bit of stuff that you like, go digging and find this album and listen to it start, from start to finish. It's, it's fucking incredible. Who's your next one? My next one is Hip Hop by Dead Press from 2000, the album <sighs> Let's Get Free. That's my, my, my me sucking air in. <sighs> Kanye West produced this, yeah. Kanye West. This is just one of the best intros of any hip hop song. And it's it's ca- one of the greatest hip hop songs of all time. And it's called hip hop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make no mistake, this song is a hip hop song about hip hop. Hippity hoppity. Uh, it's outrageous. This band, this album is touch and go for me. It's Yeah, the it album be, is middle. It can be very corny. Like some of the stuff on it is extremely corny lyrically. Yep. But uh these guys were very much like I think I, I think Dead Prez were one of the groups that everybody assumed they had like raw talent but couldn't be aimed. Yeah. And that's when it's you got super people, political. Yeah. But that's when you got people like uh, Kanye who would have been st- even at, th- at this stage would have been in the infancy infancy of his kind oh, of production yeah, career. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um would have been brought in. This would have been pre uh, squeaky squeaky Kanye. So yeah. Kanye got famous for doing the fucking super, the, the chipmunk voice. Bra, la, 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 la. So and this is Timberland. No, no. Oh, Kanye. oh no, he was the one with the, the keys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kanye was the original fucking squeaky voice chipmunk guy. Apart from 90s dance. Yeah, but in terms yeah, of yeah, for bringing so. it into hip hop, yeah, yeah. Kanye was the squeaky voice guy. Because he's from Chicago. Yeah. And he would have been listening to a lot of Chicago house yeah. that had that. Yeah, 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 of course. So Kanye was the original uh, chipmunk guy. 
and that's how they know they, they actually refer to him as the chipmunk guy in his early days of production yeah. but this is one of the like, purest forms of like okay we have a bunch of synthesizers and a nice little studio like what can I bang out here that cunts are going to lose their mind over yeah. and this is one of them this is fucking so outrageous. that started the kind of almost call and response hip hop yeah. hip. but that, that's and what makes the, it work the, that's, but the, the, in, the first few lyrics one thing about music when it hits you feel no brain it's fucking yeah. br- there's, brilliant there's very very little like uh, out there Call and Response is more of a punk rock, rock and roll thing. Yeah. And to bring that over to a hip hop um, kind of scene, especially in a year, I mean, I don't know what year this was, it would be 95, 96 maybe? This song? Yeah. 2000. Really? I can't be right. I could be wrong. Yeah, well, let's call it 2000. Um, let's I, call it hip Yeah, hop. I would have thought late hip. 90s, but let's yeah. call it 2000s. Um this uh, would have brought no, it is. It's, it's 2000, yeah. It is really? 2000, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was right. So, I'm looking at my notes here going, that can't be fucking Yeah, right. it sounds wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. So this would have brought in a whole other element to the kind of club vibe. Um, yeah, but but uh, without losing any integrity yes, whatsoever. In 100%. fact, super, like they have that the screeched out cracker. Yeah. It. <laughs> it's not yeah. screeched out in all the versions. You also have to remember that there was a movie in the late 90s called Dead Prez. Which That's I right, yeah. I don't know whether they got the name from. Well, that was, that was, yeah, that was the one where they all, yeah, that was. They painted that, their faces and they robbed banks. That, that's definitely out before 2000, surely. I'm not entirely sure, but that was a, that was a big fucking movie. And uh, that would have been a big element in the hip-hop scene that it was. Uh, yeah, that's 95. That's five years yeah, before. Yeah, there you go. So that would have been. But, but like, that's what, that's even before 95. Probably from early nineties, people, the hip hop and rap community were, were calling money dead presidents. Dead presidents, oh yeah, dead, dead presidents. Listen, dead, dead presidents is absolutely universal. Yeah, now. I'm not saying that the movie was. No, no, no. Yeah, but but they called it dead pres. Yeah, dead, like, listen, that fucking hip hop by dead pres. There's nothing else on that album that comes close. It's a decent album, but nothing comes it's close to that. By song. far the standout song, and it's the one that doesn't let you down. There's some yeah. of them are gammy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, listen. That song. If you don't know, stick it on. You go. Oh yeah, I know that one. What's your next one? My next one is a uh, gangster tripping by Fat Boy Slim. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's not my favourite no, intro. Boy, it's not, not even my favourite intro. Boy, no, him actually. I'm the same. I have. Uh, there's definitely better intros by fucking Norman Cook. Yeah. that exist in the world. There's something about that fucking Norman Cook of the Hot House Flowers. Hot House Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus the fucking Christ. House the, Martins The House Martins yeah, The Hot House Flowers yeah, He was the bass player In the House Martins um, The Hot House Martin Flowers the, <laughs> Jesus um, Christ There's something about Gangster tripping there, There's uh, We gotta uh, get That gangster trip There's on. something about it yeah, That's just stupid I mean you could use like, Rockefeller Skank From the same album And you could even go back And you could do like Everybody Needs an 808 And uh, Santa Cruz There's a bunch of Bunch of songs That have savage Fucking intros But there's something About that one That Makes the hair In the back of my neck yeah. Stand up um, What I find Extraordinarily Interesting About fucking Norman Cook slash Fatboy Slim is that he made all this is fucked up he made all of this music on an Atari ST that's right an Atari ST every sample um, every sample every loop was put on the floppy disk now and this is for uh, you've come a long way baby yeah fuck man that album is what 99 what's about you uh, fucking hell um, let me see it was 1998 now bear in mind technology existed past of course this, it did right digital yeah. recording was a real thing samplers were a real thing listen if you, but had, he if knew you know nothing. your own rig yeah he knew <laughs> nothing he just had this guy wrote this guy wrote so much music 
do you know why this is? He wrote video game music before yeah. this. Yeah. He wrote the music to uh, the Smurfs game on the Atari. That's right, yeah. So he was probably like, fuck it. I know it. I know me rig. Exactly. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. And a, fu- a fucking Atari ST he used to write the first two albums. Amazing. Amazing. Using floppy disks. So what he would do, he would have, um, he'd get a tape player and a record player that he had w- figured out a weird DAC, a digital analog converter fucking system that he could play samples into the Atari and sample them and cut them down and compress them so that they, they would fit on a floppy disk. And then he would cut them up and add on his own sequencer software to create songs. Like, fucking hell, lads. Like, Amazing. fucking hell. An Atari ST and floppy disks made this song. And not only this song, but this album that had all the biggest hits. Right? Not only that, the album of Florida that's even better. Like, oh, it is definitely better. This is the this is the uh, mainstream album. Yeah, this the is the one before it was his Brighton, Brighton kind of. Is it Ninja Tune or one of those yeah. undergroundy kind of? No, no, it's Skint. Not Skint, wasn't it? Skint was the record label, but like Ninja Tune would have been yeah the the prerequisite. That was the real cool kind. Of, not even not even that underground, but underground enough. But yeah. then this is the breakout yeah, mainstream. Listen, that that fucking it's, song, Gangster Trippin', is is a great little song, and the intro super. There are definitely better ones, but there's something about the yeah. way that song is looped yeah. that will just it just set you on fire. Who's your next one? I wanted to pick the greatest Irish riff intro riff of mm-hmm. all time. Is it to do with football? This originally it wasn't. Originally it was uh, Bodicia by I don't know how you pronounce it by Enya. Bodicia by Enya is what Fuji sampled for Ready or Not. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Is that an Enya song? Enya. We did not know that. Absolutely Enya. I meant yeah, the, so, the learning. Yeah. So that was on my list before I realised. Hang on, there is a better Irish riff than mm. that, and it is, of course, the greatest Irish riff. Of all time, Derek Doom by Horselips. Even if you don't like Horselips, you'll notice Doesn't matter. from the sam- sample from... Where we are recording right now, them boys were here a couple of weeks ago. What the fuck? Yeah. I Secret, thought you were supposed to tell me. Secrets as fuck, chap. You dickhead. Standing here. You're supposed to tell me. Doing it. Taught on secrets. Well, sh- Right here where Thanks we are. for reminding me about that. Where we are recording this right now. Thanks for reminding me about that. Are banging One of my favourite yeah. bands played here and I asked you to remind me. Secrets. Secrets me fucking hole. It was a night where you were doing the DJing. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll stop feeling so bad about that then. I'm angry now. Yeah, <laughs> that song is fucking... Uh, the song is whatever. The intro is... The song is... It. No, the song it's is everything. fantastic. We're talking about Celtic prog. Irish Celtic prog rock. And, uh, Which was a thing for a while. Of course it was. This to me is far better than, to be honest with you, far better than. Are you, are we? I'm giving you a, a beer. Thanks. I thought you were going to crack it open. Thing. This, you'll notice, you might, if, you if you don't know it from. Flip it. What am I doing? Flip the, 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 the opener. No, take that off. Yeah. That's just hold, holding it. No, no. Lift. Do you know way. how I would open this Spin normally? Spin around. Do you know how I would open this normally? Like that. Oh, you done it. You done it. That is yeah, me- but yeah, there's a hole. Oh, I gave him a bottle opener uh, right there. Oh, that, that, that was just, other end that of was it. just storing the right, bottle opener. I get you. Derek Doom, right. This is the concept album from 1973 called The Tain. Tain is a phenomenal album. Absolutely. Really, like, I don't really... The thing about this riff is, right, this band, I don't really get the proud to be Irish thing. 
I do. I'd love to. Do you? I do, yeah. Okay. I don't yeah. really fully understand the Proud of yeah. the Irish thing. I get moments where I'm like, oh, I'm really glad that this thing came from the same country. Maybe that is Irish pride. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, That's all it but is. But the thing about this is, the pride really came from this being sampled from the Put Him Under Pressure song from the Italian 90, which everyone knows. The Larry Mullen Jr., I think, came up with this idea to take the horse lip sample. Larry Mullen's obviously from U2, came up with the idea to take the sample from a horse lip song from the early 70s and put it into a sort of remixed thing with Jack Charlton mm, I remember that. singing over it and Put Him Under Pressure is lethal but the song it comes from and the album that that comes from the Tain Derek Doom is fucking yeah, hell outrageous Derek Doom that riff it starts with one two three, three. drums oh, so good just it gets me and every you, watch, you, can, you can find savage videos uh, online of them playing and it looks real weird apparently you can come to this pub and see them with a yeah a while ago yeah it's a bit late I hate you it's a bit late you know what I'm gonna get fucking lay rhythm digital to fucking do a little quick setting thing and then nothing. I'm not telling me. I'll set myself on fire. Well, I feel. I like blame right you. Now. I'm so angry right now. Angry with you. I hate you so much. We nearly right we nearly now. had a fight on the podcast there. We did. Uh, this album has songs about Ku Cullen, Queen Maeve, and all. It's, of course, it is. It's, but it's not fucking not shy. It's yeah, great. It's great. What's your next one? My next one is Who Am I? What's My Name? By Snoop Dogg. Yeah. 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 I've nothing. Got, I've got. One of the greatest intros of all time ever recorded. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. It's absolutely ten out of ten. It's fourteen out of ten. The song. It's fourteen out of ten. It's fucking insane. Is this his first big song? Uh, it would have been yeah. 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 For his first album. His first big song, produced by uh, Daz and Dr. Dre, and it's. Forget it. I have the first copy of the Tain. I could have got signed. Yeah, yeah. It's still on my mind. Yeah. I actually have a, lo- I have a load of their records upstairs. I stashed and I uh, forgot to get them signed. Oh, I fucking hate you. Yeah, it's grand. Sorry, fucking shitty Snoop Dogg, whatever. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, not this was, I'm just angry. Yeah, this is the lead single of um, the Dr. Dre produced album Doggy Style in 1993. Is... It's to be. Let's be. Let's be brutally honest. It's the only good Snoop Dogg album. Of course it is. Right. There All the way are, through, anyway. There are, yeah, from start to finish. There are albums that have moments. Yeah, like he's, we're talking one or two songs yes. after the albums after that. Yes. And then, it's, you see, he was a talent that needed to be nurtured. Yes. And even then, he was pushed as far as his talent would reach on that album. And that, that was his max. He was maxed yeah, out. Yeah, he was maxed out by then. Full on maxed out. And as um, much as I do like him. Snoop is a perfect guest. He's a personality now. Yes, he's a perfect guest on the song. But uh, once you're past Doggy Style, mm, you, can, you can kind of put it to sleep. He Once Death Row was over and done with, he moved to Master P's label uh, in New Orleans and forget it. It's over. Master P has some great stuff, but as a whole, it's not a very nurturing environment for artists. I'm not going to like it. Did, did, did Dre do any other albums with him? Uh, he jumped on, let me think, uh, there's a weird, okay, let me think, okay, I can do this. So he done <laughs> uh, Chronic and Doggy Style roughly around the same time, within like two years of each other, I believe. Um, then Dre signed with Interscope, and that's where he kind of got fucked. He he kind of shot himself in the foot, he done uh, The Aftermath, Dre Presents The Aftermath yeah. album, which is... People forget about it. it's it's fucking terrible, it's not good whatsoever. 
and it took him yeah, years. Yeah, I, go- I remember a while ago going back and listening to that going, oh, it's fucking terrible. Stop that. That, that, what, what's beautiful about the modern age is that that has been deleted um, it's just you can't listen to it really you, you'll find songs off it but yeah. that was supposed to be Dre's post the chronic reintroduction to uh, the people and it was it's so bad no, it, it's terrible um, then of course he did Snoop Lion he did a thing where he was doing porn or something or he done a porno in his, uh, in his he wasn't in it obviously was he he was there yeah he, he was, was there when people producer. were banging um, you, it's, yeah. not, it's not a good porn it's mad weird um, Dre I think might have done a couple of songs with Snoop before 2001 but I don't think they would have been that big of a deal here's the thing about 2001 people talk about uh, Chronic 2001 being the greatest hip hop album of all time and it might be hang on which one? Chronic 2001 oh yeah yeah sorry I thought you were talking about it, so I was like, Ooh, it, no. it might be one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time however 70 to 80% of that is down to a guy called Melman, who was the guy he uh, kind of hooked up with yeah. in production. That's where that sound comes from. Um, um, we'll, we'll cover that in another podcast, but I have to say, Who Am I, What's My Name, boy, Snoop Dogg has one of the greatest intros of all time. Who's also, your next one? it'd be really good if he ever gets, God forbid, dementia, and he does need to know what his name is. They have to remind him. that album back You better ask somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your next one? My next one is Superstition by Stevie Wonder. Oh. 1972. A lot of people think this is a bass. No, it's the fucking organ. It's, yeah, exactly. It's fucking organ. It's the fucking Big, organ. juicy organ. It's fucking, it's the juiciest. The juiciest organ. I mean, this intro, this is one of those songs you could play at, at any, a funeral. Any, well, funeral. I DJ at a funeral once. a lot of organ. Yeah, oh, I actually organ, DJ like, at a funeral I played at and everybody got up. Doesn't matter. Doesn't, Doesn't matter, matter how, how long you've been dead. It's one of the greatest songs of all time. And because the main riff comes in instantly. But it comes in in this half beat. That's what fucks it. It's got this little lead in. That was me dropping a pen. You're dropping pens? Thankfully, I don't need to write anything else down. I have another pen. Oh, lovely. Very superstitious. It's fucking brilliant. Outrageous. Stevie Wonder never came close to it again. Uh, Let's not lie. He, you've got stuff like Master Blaster and Roller Coaster and whatever. But they're depends, all good. Yeah, it depends on what kind of Stevie you like, though, because he's got so many. Uh, so many if Stevies. you like anything other than the best uh, song Superstition ever. <laughs> by Stevie Wonder, you're wrong. You're yeah. wrong. It's just one yeah. of the greatest intros yeah. to a song. It, instantly, you've got the floor full with that. It's murderous. You don't need. To, I, a lot of songs I'll pitch up or so I'll speed up a little bit. You don't need that. And you don't need to do no. anything with this song. No. Play it. it um, Superstition is one of the few songs that's ever been made that you could probably play it like three or four times in an entire set and nobody gives a fuck. No. Find me another song you can do that with. And uh, it's not a thing. It's just not a thing. It's absolutely beautiful. This song is the funkiest song, yeah. possibly one of the funkiest songs of all time. Absolutely. If not the funkiest song. And it's because it's played on a keyboard. Or, yeah, if synthesized organ, I yes. think. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> listen, fuck talking about Superstition more. You know the song. It has to be put on this list. To omit this from this list would be stupid. It's uh, one of the best riffs and one of the best intros and I'm one nodding. of the best songs. I'm nodding along. What's your next one? Uh, what is my next one? My next one is Omen by the Prodigy. Jesus, that's a great intro. <laughs> 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 Oh, hang on, no, it starts with, oh, it's an, riff. Forget it. It's over. Scary how good that is. It's over. Remember, you know, every time Prodigy commit a new album, you're thinking, have they fucked it yet? No, they have the rule of two. Prodigy are like body count in many ways. No, no, no. Every single Prodigy album is brilliant except for one. What? The one with the fox in it? 
That's good. Which one is this Fox one? The fucking the two ago. Always outnumbered. Yeah, never no, no, always outnumbered. Amazing. Did they have one with Sleaford mods? It's shy. That could be the one that with the fox on it. Oh. And I can't remember what it's called. It's fucking garbage. Oh, now. Um, no, but they've only had one bad one because their last one wasn't that bad. The last one is Midland. Yeah, so we're talking about like. The last one's Midland. So they had a Prodigy Experience, which is like just techno music. <sighs> Right. No, but, it's, but, it's great. But the best don't get me at wrong. The, at the time, great. at the time, it was the best thing. But don't get me wrong, right? That's great. And it has no good, which is genuinely one of the best songs ever written. But then, Jesus, that's got a better intro, hasn't it? Does no, no good is not on. Dun, dun, dun. No, but I'm no. saying it's not a better intro than no, 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 uh, probably no. not. Actually. No, no good better is on. Song. No good is on. Just the generation, is it? Which is their second album, yep. Yeah, no good right. start to be uh, start to dance. It's on Jill the Generation. This is why the rule of two. Comes oh, you're into right. Effect. You're right. I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. right. So oh, the boy, first, was on the the first one is a prodigy experience with Charlie on it. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, it was space. Right, it was space. I'm thinking of that. It's whatever. That's it's a great song. Yeah, but it's whatever. Right, but that for the time that's great. But then Jill the Generation comes out. Everybody's heads in the entire world yeah, explodes. Ninety four. It's Jesus. over. It's when. Rock and rap got yeah. together. Stop, it's over. Stop baiting each other for a yeah, while. It's over, right? And then you got Fat of the Land, which I don't really rate. I don't really rate. Really? I, I don't think it's I don't think it's terrible, but I don't think it's great. I think it's uh, great. I'd put it to great, but I wouldn't put it to exceptional. Like, it's nowhere near... I'd probably <coughs> put experience over that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I'm with you. There's something about um, that album where I find it hard... To explain why I think it's not great, and because um, a few cringy moments on it, man, like diesel power, shit, <sighs> fucking hell, diesel power, yeah, um, um, feel my fire again, uh, take the, a the leave songs down. on there that are great, but unfortunately, it seems to be there. Uh, what do people like? Moment, the day is my enemy is the fox album. Day is my, it's terrible, shit, garbage. Do you know what? It's the first time I really realised that he had put le- less effort into that because the drum beat. Normally, the prodigy will do a thing where he'll play a drum beat, but he'll change it a little bit, almost like dub- dubstep, mix it up a bit. But also, listen, what's, they, du- what what you're saying is in keeping with the real too. No, because you're saying there's other albums that are... No, 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 here you go, right? I'm looking at it right now. Experience, middle, No, Midland. no, at the time Experience was the best thing N- ever. But compared to music for the Gilded Generation? No, so they got way better. Right? So oh, so you're talking about they're not bad, but they got better, like a g- huge jump. Every okay. second album is better than the one that went before it. Well, in that case, then you're right, because Experience, yeah, very good. Music for Gilded Generation. Outrageous. Yeah. Fat of the Land, very good. Midland. Always out number, never out going. Savage. It's a better album. But that's the one that has it all the guests on it. It's yeah. fucking really good. It's got Juliette Lewis. It's yeah. Got, yeah. The only break there is Invaders Must Die, but there's a massive... Like, which this song, which this song is off? This song is off, Invaders Must Die. Every single song on Invaders Must Die. See, you have to look at the, the time period as well. There's, there's uh, what, five years in between Always Outnumbered and Invaders Must Die. And they, they absolutely went back to basics. They went full back to that experience and music for the generation feel. Yeah. Where it's all synth and fucking, there's not that many guest vocalists. Six years in between them. It's, Jesus, yeah. But that album, fucking no, Invaders no, Must Die, is five years fucking years. superb. And this song, Omen, Mother of Fucking God. Mother of fucking God. There's something about it. The minute it hits, cunts lose their fucking minds. The song Invaders Must Die Alone. It's great. It's fucking great. But Omen, Jesus Christ. Even the name of that song. 
Just like, it incites it incites a feeling within people. There's something fucking mad about it. It's Listen, such an aggressive synth. It's so good. Listen, I don't want to talk about it too much. But yeah. who's your next one? My next one is "Love You to Death" by Typo Negative from 1996. Amazing. This is another Jesus, absolutely beautiful intro from October Rust. Their best album. I was going to say arguably. I don't know. I've never had that argument. Some people will say bloody kisses. They're just simply wrong. October Rust is the best Typo Negative album, and it's. Love You To Death is, for me, the best song of it. It starts with that kind of cello, the three notes for the cello, or possibly violin, into one of the best piano intros. Piano leads, riffs, whatever, pieces of any song. It's absolutely beautiful, and it's recorded so fucking well. Just what go If you don't know much about Typo Negative, this is not actually an, a perfect example of Typo Negative, but it possibly is my favourite song by them, so... Take it or leave it. Give it a go. If you don't know, we've talked about Type 1 Negative before mm-hmm. in much more detail. And we will do again. And we will do again because they are one of the best crossover bands mm. of got rock and even doom and even hardcore. Speaking of uh, Type O, uh, I found out this week that the very first Carnivore album, which is Pete's Tales, got re released. Got re released this That's week. Right, yeah. So I'm going to go uh, looking for that this I week. won't. Will you not? No. Really? No. The album is so good. The f- it's so good. It's you so see, Even early Typo Negative, which still is bang a carnivore off it. Origin of Feast. The, the crossover between me. that first... The, you can't. You have to ignore the second carnivore album. That's basically the first death metal album ever made. But you need to go... The first fucking carnivore album is very proto-typo. Like, it's so close. There's bits where they go into, like, the synthy breakdown where he's singing. Yeah. Oh, my God. But listen, uh, the last thing I'll say about this song is, because I don't want to... We've talked about typo. Like you said, we will again. If you're a piano player, listen to this song and then play that and tell me that's not fun to play. Hmm? Like, I can't play it because it's, it's a bit of my league. It's too fun. It's not even that fucking hard. I'm not that good. But, um, oh, listen. It's such a beautiful, beautiful piece of piano. And the song is about seven minutes long, I think, and it just gets better from there. And it just soars. It's one of the most beautiful compositions ever. Typo negative, love you to death. Go with it. Who's your next one? My last one. Your last one. Is uh, My Iron Lung by Radiohead. It's a brilliant song and a brilliant intro. I'm yeah. trying to figure it, I remember trying to think, do I prefer any Radiohead intros? doesn't really matter because you were talking about this and mm. it is a great intro. Um, it, it, it's disgustingly distorted and, yeah. and wobbly and yeah. tremolo. Or That's r- why I like it. Rotary. I don't, know what, I don't know much about guitar I'm, pedals. I, I'm surprised that uh, I picked the song off the bands, to be honest with you, because the bands is a real kind of coming of age album. And as much as I like it, I find that it doesn't have uh, a foot in any particular sock, you know? Um, we're talking... Oh my god! I thought they were indie, and now they're grunge. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant t- first yeah. time. This album doesn't necessarily really know what it is. Um, this is before Radiohead wanted to jump ten years ahead, and they just were happy in the in the mood they were yeah. in the mood of the nation. Let's say yeah. they the weren't partic- the, people they weren't, their age. They weren't happy with what Pablo Honey done. Yeah. I think that 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 Pablo Honey might have been forced upon them by a record label um, to just be a three card. Still have a lot of time. I have a lot of time for that album. What Pablo? Yeah, it's fine. It's it's fine. For, for an introductory kind of debut album, it's grand. Um, but there's something about My Iron Lung. You know what? I do love how disgusting the guitar sounds. Mm. It's Beatles. It's like, it sounds like the Beatles. Yeah. Done by... Uh, there's a lot of effect. An kinda, acidy grunge band. Yeah, there's a lot of effect kind of layered upon things yeah. in there to make it a little bit interesting. The song is good. It's good. Is it the best song on the album? Probably not. 
Um, but there's something about that Definitely intro. Definitely the best intro of that. Yeah, it's the best intro one. The, the songs like Street Spirit and all, everybody talks about it. Ooh, it it's good so good. But My Iron Lung, there's something about it. The minute you hear it, you go, oh, I know what I'm in for. Yeah. And that's for me. Uh, let's move on. Who's your last one? My last one, we're going back to 1802. No way. Yeah, we're going back to 1802. It's Beethoven's Sonata Number no. 14, a.k.a. Moonlight Sonata. Move over, Beethoven, and tell Tchaikovsky to move. Yeah. Is it the news? Tell Tchaikovsky the news or the, to move? I always say to move. Roll over, Beethoven. And Remember? show Tchaikovsky the moves. Moves? Yeah, could be right. Anyway, uh, this is... This is the one you'll hear now and go, I don't, I can't put my finger on it, you listen to it instantly. It's that I know m- them. mournful. I know that band. Another piano, another piano song. But when you first hear the first couple of notes of Moonlight Sonata, you're like, why do I feel miserable? But also, why am I so inspired by it? Mm. It's absolutely brilliant. This is in C sharp minor, I believe. Um, is that a thing? C sharp minor? Is that a real thing? <laughs> why would that not be a thing? No. C-sharp minor. C-sharp minor. I don't think that can be a thing. Why? I don't think it can be. Music people tell us. Why, I don't think C-sharp minor can be a thing. But that's the scale. I think C-sharp diminished can be a thing, but I don't think C-sharp minor can be a thing. Really? Yeah. I could be wrong, but... Uh, no, you're mental. C-sharp minor. Yes. Can be a thing. Well, C can be a, a, it's yes. a scale. We're talking, about a scale. We're talking minor, about a scale here. Or major. We're talking about a scale here, yeah? Yeah. So if you start on C sharp minor and play that scale, yeah, just one down, it has to end one down. Maybe. <laughs> My brain is not what it used to be. The song is in the scale <laughs> of C sharp. Of C sharp minor. Yeah. It means you, if you, it's not C sharp, C sharp minor. I don't know about that. Okay. I don't know about that. Now you have me guessing, yeah. guessing myself. I don't know about that. I only did grade two in music. Now. Hang on. So did I, but I'm still, we're both confused about this. Who's good at music that listens to this podcast? Linda. Linda will know. Good this. at music. Linda will be screaming is that a real at thing? one of us now. Is that a real thing? Linda will be screaming at one but of us But is it a real thing? Linda's, Linda's pulled her car over yeah. on the way to work now. Gone. But is it a real thing one of them that? Is, one of them is, is a sap. Here's what I want to know. Is it a real thing in that it can be a real thing? Or is it actually a real thing? <sighs> A minor scale is a thing. Yeah. So you're saying there's only such thing as C minor. No, no C. C sharp minor doesn't sound like it's real to me. What if you start on C sharp and play a minor scale? Yeah, but that's not the key. Of course, oh God, of course it is. No. Oh no. God. Listen, let's move on. This is the <laughs> do, 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 do. It's a yeah. beautiful fucking piece of music. I, I went looking for what... Is it a good piece of music to have a piss to? I don't need a piss. For real? <sighs> Uh, this is one of those songs that I was like in my head going this is in loads of movies and then I couldn't think of any so I decided not to it's not the one from Platoon anyway what's the one from Platoon uh, I know yeah. Wagner I don't know or Mozart I don't know I assume sad Wagner. one where his hands are in the air yeah. ah, it's not that, that this is that? more of it has to be this song this song is used for montages of someone realising that their partner had swindled them and left with all the money or something like that no, not that music Imagine that happened to you. Or you know when you're, or you know you look back and you realize that Sorrow, your sorrowful, whole, sorrowful, and your whole life had been a lie, and you found this piece of paper that lets you know that you weren't even your mother's child. You're not actually a real 
McGillicuddy. Oh, you know what would be great for realizing you were an Android the whole time. Oh, I'd love to be an Android, lads. You yeah. don't understand. Well, I'd, I'd, lo- so I'd, lo- I'd love to find out. I died years ago. Imagine you, imagine you could hack it yourself and go delete all the fake uh, pain that a normal forty-year-old fucking whatever, nearly forty. I don't. Feel. Do I have any real pain? I don't know if I have real pain. I just be into not being real. You, you do you not have fucked up leg or something? Yeah, like, like physical pain, but I can deal with that. That's fine. You don't have any emotional pain. You're a weird cunt. Yeah, I don't have any of that. No, I don't understand the emotions. Yeah, okay. you don't. You're creepy. I actually don't. No. It's, I actually don't. It's kind of scary sometimes. I don't understand it. It's yeah. kind of, sometimes you'll hear a bit of bad news and look, your eyes, nothing, like, no yeah. no movement You want chips? No movement Yeah, I don't, I don't understand Are it. you afraid of... Maybe that's no, what it is. Maybe no, you're afraid no, of no. it. I understand emotions. How do you know you're not afraid of it? I absolutely understand emotions. I'm just not into them. <laughs> Listen, that was our best intros podcast. Full Tuvok. I went to <laughs> full Tuvok. Uh, that was our best intros ever, the longest uh, list we've ever done. Not oh, our longest podcast. Sure. No, an hour and a half. That's Grand for friends. All within, all within um, parameters. Yeah. Uh, we didn't, obviously, we didn't dig too much deep into them. Please give us a few quid on Patreon. And I, I, I can't believe I'm even saying that, but now I'm thinking that, that we, I find myself paying for a sponsorship on You want to see me fucking doing research for the next three podcasts today while trying to work. It was no crack. I haven't started. Yeah, it was no crack. Um, what you can do, you can get us on patreon.com forward slash lost our podcast. You, you want to throw us, um, less than a foot, just to pay for the, the stuff that we're doing. It's, 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 Research and grief. Um, what you can missed get us. I've missed a few band practices. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a lot, it's a, sorry, patreon.com forward slash lost our podcast. It's less than five euro a month. You don't have to sign up for a year. You can give us a month or two and then fuck off. It's perfectly fine. That was our best intros. Are you ready for our worst outros? Bye.